Hey super friends, my name is Neil and welcome to the 50th edition of the Get Your Comic Con podcast. We're here fortnightly-ish to bring you a slice of comic book, film, TV and pop culture goodness from our studio direct to your speakers. I am joined, of course, by my very own boy Wonder Martin. Say hello, Martin. Hello, Martin. How are you this evening? I'm all right. Yeah? Been up to anything exciting? Nope. Okay. Prepared for this evening's podcast? Nope. Okay. Well, to celebrate our 50th edition, we're going to do what we always do. We're going to go through the news. We're going to do a review. And then we might have a little competition at the end just to celebrate turning 50. Can you believe half a century's worth of podcasts? A lot of podcasts. Hmm. I wonder how much that comes up to in hours. A lot of hours. So probably somewhere around the the 50 to 60 mark, because, you know, we're around an hour an episode. Wow. If anybody out there has sat and listened to 50 to 60 hours of us yammering on, let us know, because that's quite exciting, really. Thank you to everybody that has tuned in for the 50 episodes, or the 49 that have led you to where you are right now. So this week's news, we're going to be covering uh, the first trailer for Warner Brothers Mortal Kombat. We've also got the announcement that the DC Films Universe has got a brand new Supergirl in Sasha Kaje. And then the sad news that uh, San Diego Comic Con has announced that it'll be going virtual again this year. For a review this episode, we're going to focus on the pilot episode of Superman and Lois, which aired on the CW in North America just last week. And we're going to have a little deep dive chat about that one. So without further ado, let's get on to the news. So, since we last spoke, we got the first trailer for Warner Brothers' Mortal Kombat movie. It's directed by Simon McQuoid in his debut feature film, and it stars, and this is a bit of a list, uh, Jessica McNamee as Sonya Blade, Hiroyuki Sanada as Scorpion, Josh Lawson as Kano, Joe Taslim as Sub-Zero, Louis Tan as a new character called Cole Young, Tadanabu Asano as Raiden, Ludi Lin as Liu Kang, Mekad Brooks as Jax, Chin Han as Shang Tsung, Sissy Stringer as Melina, and Max Huang as Kung Lao. I don't really need to give you a synopsis, because if you've ever played a Mortal Kombat game, I'm relatively sure you'll know what we're talking about. Um, This film is currently due for release on the 16th of April 2021, but that is obviously dependent on when cinemas will open, both in the US and the UK, so we're not going to hold our breath at the moment as to when we're going to get to see it but hopefully we will get to see it soon if you're in north america it will stand by the warner brothers theatrical model of uh, releasing in both the cinema and on hbo max where it will be available for a month before going back to the remainder of its uh, theatrical window so you've seen the original mortal kombat movies right oh yes not to be confused with street fighter don't start talking to me about kylie minogue because she wasn't in mortal kombat no, but it's a good film in itself. Yeah. <laughs> That's a podcast for another day. So Mortal Kombat, much like any other uh, beat-em-up video game, has been subject to previous incarnations in live action and animation. Uh, I have to say, the the animated version that came out last year was awesome. It was violent as hell. Uh, and we covered it in a podcast, actually, and we, we interviewed the writer for that film. So you can go back and listen to that. But the live action films, um, like Street Fighter, uh, I guess kind of cult classic, but haven't really lived up to being big box office successes or successes with uh, with reviewers. But I think this might buck the trend, I say, crossing my fingers, touch wood. What did you think of this trailer? 
It was very good. Lots of action, lots of fighting, lots of kung fu kicking. Everybody was kung fu fighting? Well, I think they were. Were they fast as lightning? There were some mixed martial arts and some gore and everything in there. Are you excited for this film to release? Um, I'm alright about it. (laughs) Oh no, here we go. Well, you know what these video game films are like. Well, that's what I'm saying. This... I don't know, this feels different to me. This feels like it might work. Maybe I'm just being too optimistic. They've always got a good trailer, but then you think, oh... Mm. So, okay, breaking down the trailer a little bit. Uh, characters all seem fairly pitched perfect to the games. You've got a bit of an origin story for Jax in there with his arms being ripped off uh, in, in a battle with Sub-Zero. You get to see a bit of Sonya. You've got Scorpion in there. You've got a little bit of Raiden in there. They're all there, and they all seem to appear in fairly similar scenarios that you would expect to see them in the game. So it seems fairly authentic. Maybe that's the that's the word I'm looking for. It's It seems very authentic to the games. It's your authentic self. Yes, it's its authentic self. Uh, I, I guess you don't get a huge idea of what the story is, but it looks like Lewis Tan's character, uh, this, this Cole Young, who is not one from the video games, it's going to be the audience uh, way into it. I'm going to guess it's going to be similar to the the way we saw it done in the um, the Scorpion animated film last year where you get like a newish type character or you find a character who is the audience's point of view into the tournament. Some sort of protagonist. Uh, yes, you could call him a protagonist, yes. Uh, okay, special effects, what do you think? They were very special. It. So I in my mind, expected this to look like um, a kind of low to mid-budgeted let's hope it does really well type blockbuster. But this seems like a let's gonna, let's just like throw everything at it and make the best film that we possibly can type trailer. So that there's that shot at the beginning where, uh, where Jax fires his gun at Sub-Zero at point-blank range and it all freezes and it just... I think the ice effects look great. Well, actually, I think all the effects look great, to be honest. Um, but but that shot in particular looks quite spectacular. It's very difficult to do ice in special effects. You can tell us about it, can't you? I just did. It's very difficult to do ice in special and why effects. why is it very difficult? Well, I don't know. I'm not a technical person, but I did hear somebody say to me once that it takes a very long time to render ice in special effects. Did they explain why that was? No. Would you like to tell us where this was? It was at a frozen panel. <laughs> Was this when you and Nicola had a girls' night out? Yeah. <laughs> it took all of the computing power of Google to render Frozen 2. There, there you go. go. Thank you very much for telling us that. Because uh, ice is very difficult. Hey, I wonder why that is. Must be something to do with the... I guess you've got water particles, reflections. You've also got... Quite often with ice, you'll have... I don't want to say steam, because that's wrong. No, I think we should move on. Okay. <laughs> You're taking it to like a weird chemistry physics place. Alrighty. Um, I don't know what else I want to say about this trailer, really, other than I think it looks freaking awesome um, and I can't wait to see it. And it looks like it's going to be R-rated, so there's plenty of blood. I do like that shot at the end where um, you've got Scorpion and Sub-Zero fighting and uh, he cuts him, Sub-Zero cuts him, and the blood flies up in the air and he freezes it and stabs him with his own blood. That's exciting. Any shots in that that stood out to you as particularly exciting? I think it was all just very much uh, an onslaught on the senses, in a good way, not in a bad way. <laughs> that was going to be my next question, was are you saying this in a good way or a bad way? You give me that face of say, oh he hates it, God, something else he's miserable about. Well you're Scottish, so it's very difficult to know whether you're being enthusiastic about something or tolerating. It's true. So the director has said that uh, 
as many of the characters as possible will also have their finishing moves in there as well. Finish them! Exactly, so you you will get to see some of those like key moments on the game as well. So I, I hope that all knits together quite nicely. So as I said at the beginning, uh, Warner Brothers Mortal Kombat is releasing in cinemas, hopefully, on April the 16th, 2021. In North America, it will be available theatrically and on HBO Max. Shifting over to DC land, sticking with Warner Brothers, in the last couple of weeks we also got the completely surprise announcement that uh, where as one Supergirl leaves, another Supergirl joins. So as... Uh, Melissa Bonoist is hanging up her cape this year with season six of Supergirl on the CW. A brand new Supergirl will be joining the DC Films universe in the Flash movie. So a surprise announcement from director Andy Muschietti, uh, who released a video of himself on a Skype call with uh, the Young and the Restless actress Sasha Kaje. I have I YouTubed to make sure I pronounced her surname correctly because I didn't want to get it wrong. Um, okay. In which he says to her, uh, can you fly? And she's a bit like... Huh? What? And then he holds up a Supergirl, or a super costume, and she bursts into tears, and we discover that she is the brand new Supergirl. What do you think about this little announcement? Um, I've not really thought a lot about it. It's exciting to have it's a new It's not like Supergirl. you at all. It's only been on the whiteboard for two weeks under well, the news section. I don't look at the whiteboard. <laughs> it's just there. It's like when you put a poster up at work. You don't see it. I question your commitment to this podcast after 50 episodes. It's poster blindness. It's just there. What was the question? Do I was expecting it? No, I wasn't expecting it. Oh, I don't think anyone was expecting it. I'm asking yeah. what you thought of it. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm all for it. I'm, you know, give me more superhero representation on the mm, screen. So this is going to be our first Latin Supergirl. So obviously the uh, the keyboard warriors have been up in arms because she's not blonde. They're not due to start filming until next month. So, I mean, between now and then, she could even dye her hair blonde if they wanted her to be blonde, but she doesn't have to be. Uh, but obviously, people are upset that she's not your stereotype. This is what Supergirl looks like. Is Melissa Benoist blonde? She is a, a really daft question. <laughs> she's a brunette, naturally, I think, but she has lightened hair. She, I mean, she is blonde-ish. She's probably what you'd call a dirty blonde. In the, mean that in the nicest possible way. Oh no, you, it's not. I don't like it. I, no, whenever not you see it, just in no matter how you see it, it just sounds creepy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so well, she she has unnaturally blonde hair. Put it that way. Mixed blonde. <laughs> All right. Blondy uh, brown. She certainly doesn't have the yellow blonde hair of Supergirl in the comic books. Okay. I mean, if you look at today's announcement that Tom King is writing a uh, a Supergirl comic book and you look at the preview art, that is a yellow blonde cartoon hair. And that is not what Melissa Benoist has. And that is certainly not what Sasha has. But why are people so pedantic about somebody having the same hair colour? I mean, Ezra Miller is Barry Allen, who is generically blonde in the comic books. Ezra Miller doesn't have blonde hair. Grant Gustin doesn't have blonde hair. No, it's very true. Hmm. It's interesting, isn't it? Why is it different for a female character than it is for a male character? You don't see anybody shouting about Ezra being dark-haired. So, the the reason that I wanted to table this in the news is, firstly, really exciting story and great news for her. And she, I mean, she balls her eyes out in that video because it obviously means a lot to her. She she was one of 400 actresses that they auditioned for the role. They auditioned multinationally, globally. Uh, They weren't looking for anything specific, but that's you know they they landed on her and she i think she was down to something like the final four or five when he did that call with her so she she didn't know that she was she was going to be supergirl 
Now, what is interesting, obviously, this is this is for the Flash movie. So, Flash movie starts filming next month, uh, I think, here in the UK, and is aiming to release next year. We know this is going to be a multiverse story. It's got Ben Affleck as Batman. It's got Michael Keaton as Batman. It's got potentially other characters that may be announced to come back. Probably a cameo from Grant Gustin returning the favour for Ezra being in the Flash TV series. Do we feel like adding another superhero into it is going to be too much? Um, it depends on the context. You don't know the context, do you? No, the only indicator that I think we've got is that before they cast her, the, those final few that were up for the role all had to do chemistry reads with Ezra Miller which would suggest that the two of them will share at least a significant en- amount enough of screen time that they need to have some sort of rapport. Okay. I'll have to wait and see. Mm. I don't know. I mean, Michael Keaton might just be like, hello, it's me, and then he's gone. I always say something a bit more dramatic than hello, it's me. You know, it's obviously, it's not Lorraine Kelly. I like my voice. <laughs> oh, hello. Oh, hello and good morning to Flashpoint. You nearly went into Mrs. Doubtfire there. Oh, we'll save that. <laughs> Is that for episode 100 rather than episode 50? Maybe. That's, that's quite a big hello, though. That's not a hello, that's a, yes. a big hello. Anyway, we're talking about The Flash. Um, God, imagine auditioning 400 people. You would lose the will to live. I would guess it'd be the usual thing, like open casting calls, send in your tapes. 400 tapes come in. You watch, do a like a Skype audition with the top 50 or 100. I'm just imagining a really struggling postman with 400 tapes now. (laughs) I've got them, hold on! I mean, it's the fact that most of them don't even know what they're auditioning for at these things either. I mean, they tend to give them like a a blind bit of paper with some dialogue on it that they don't know who it is and they're told you're reading for like Pat Butcher. That's the character name. It's the first thing that sprang to mind. Frank! (laughs) And then at the end of the day... I love you, Frank! When you get the phone call to say you've got the part, you're like, oh, I got the part of Pat. And they're like, no, you got the part of Supergirl. got the part of Peggy. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, there's really not much more to, this, to say about this one, really, is there? Uh, other than congratulations to her and can't wait to see her in the flash. And it's going to be interesting to see where this might go from here. Exactly. And I don't care what colour her hair is. No, because there were plenty of rumours uh, after Justice League theatrical cut that Warner Brothers were looking to maybe do a Supergirl movie rather than a Superman movie next to try and kind of put some space between the the missteps of the past and where they want to go in the future. So is this now a circling background to a Supergirl movie? Are we going to meet her here? What earth is she from? It's exciting. Plenty of opportunities. So welcome to the DC family, to uh, Sasha Kadri. Last up in the news this week, coronavirus strikes again with the news that San Diego Comic-Con, which would normally be held... Uh, pretty much the last sort of weekend in July, is going to go virtual again this year. So they're not going to have another face-to-face event this year, as they didn't last year. Uh, Hopefully, fingers crossed, 2022, which is interesting because we said, oh, we'll go back in 2022. Uh, So we'll have to wait wait and see, won't we? But it won't be happening this year. It'll be online panels again. I wasn't a massive fan of the online panels last year. It was difficult, wasn't it? You had events like Fandome where they... You know, they drew the magical like backgrounds and they animated stuff around them, and it was a bit more interactive because it was pre-recorded. Whereas San Diego and other ones like that were live in some cases, which made it a bit more difficult. But at the same time, there was nothing to announce either, so they were kind of struggling a bit. So maybe this year will be slightly different because thing it's going to be virtual as things are opening back up again. 
so you know we've got films that are out this year we've got tom and jerry that's out at the moment you've got chaos walking that's out this week we know we've got suicide squad which will be out only a couple of weeks after this event will happen so perhaps they'll be able to do more this year because we're not in a position where everything is being held back things are now trickling out more and more you know tv is back on in many respects we've got batwoman has been on for a few weeks superman and lois has had an episode the flash starts this week fingers crossed there'll be more content this year but well done on them last year for pulling out the bag and it was all free well exactly it was completely free and i suppose thinking back on last year as well because that was still fairly early in the pandemic i think that may have still been during the period where we didn't even have comic books being released because everything had kind of shut down and there wasn't even any import export situation going on so you know things are probably looking up for a much more impactful event this year albeit one where we don't get to quite be face to face with the magical badge and the magical pelicans not pelican toucan 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 oh yeah the mascot i'd kind of forgotten about him he's not really very prominent in sort of artwork until you're there and then he's in the booklet he's everywhere isn't he more love for the for the sdcc toucan fingers crossed we'll be back next year we've not been since 20 15? 16? No, later than that. 17. 18. It was 2018. We've just done 15, 16, 17 and landed on 18. I know. The sad thing is, I should remember it was the year that mum died, and it was after that. It was like a month after that. Um, so really that should make me go, oh, it was 2018. So yeah, it's we've not been for three years. So it's, it's about time. In terms of UK conventions, we're looking like... For the second time in this podcast, I'm crossing my fingers, but we should have London Film and Comic Con in July. And then uh, the plan is that we will have MCM Comic Con in October, November-ish as well. To get start work, have to get start, have to get working on your cosplay. <laughs> have to get start working. Have to get start working. We're at the end of a global pandemic. I don't have the body for a cosplay. You could go with something, you know, like popping fresh, man, or... <laughs> Thanks. Mr. Chips. Not Mr. Chips. Who's, who's the one from Ghostbusters? Not the man from Catchphrase. <laughs> Mr. Chips. What's Mr. Chips up to? You could do that and then we could, you could act out Catchphrase and people could have to guess what you're doing. Okay, I can't even, I don't even, <laughs> I don't even have the wherewithal to be able to explain that reference to anyone. Um, it's all going to go horribly wrong. We've got a cat on the desk. You're, you're pulling out strange references. You know, we've got a sorted. You goes Mr. Chips and now goes the Irishman. You don't know his name, do you? I can't remember his name. It's not. I want to say Neil Buchanan, but it's definitely not Neil Buchanan. What's his name again? You're pulling out the most like UK-only understood references ever. Anybody <laughs> international listening to this podcast is going to be wondering what we're talking about. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's cult. Cult culture. <laughs> anyway, I think we should move on. I think we probably should move on, yes. So... Fingers crossed, San Diego Comic-Con gets to return in physical form next year. In the meantime... Let's just hope that everyone stays safe and that cons are back as soon as they possibly can be, within reason, within safety measures. And that's all for the news this week. On to a, get get ready for it, super review. Very droll. For a brand new TV review this week, we are looking at episode one of the CW and Warner Brothers televisions, Superman and Lois. The series stars Tyler Hecklin as Clark Kent Superman, Bitsy Tulloch as Lois Lane, 
Alex Garfin as Jordan Kent. This is the really confusing bit. Jordan Elsass as Jonathan Kent. So you have a actor called Jordan playing a guy called Jonathan and then an actor called Alex playing a guy called Jordan. So there's a real Jordan and a fake Jordan and it keeps confusing me. India Navarrete as Sarah Cushing. Adam Rayner as Morgan Edge, who doesn't actually appear in this episode, but will do from next week. Eric Valdez as Kyle Cushing. And Emmanuel Chiquiri as Lana Lang Cushing. The series airs in North America on The CW on Tuesday nights. We are awaiting confirmation as to when the series is going to come to the UK at the moment. The pilot episode focuses on introducing the Kent family in a uh, new scenario that I don't think we've seen them in before as well as laying the groundwork for some of the bigger storylines of the first season, which was due to be 13 episodes, but has now been extended to 15. Okay, so um, I guess I want to know from you before we get down to the actual episode itself, what your thoughts were about Superman and Lois uh, from kind of just knowing its existence and seeing trailers and photos and stuff. Now, I don't know why you ask me these questions, because you know I don't really think about these things in great and glorious detail. Okay. That was my response, really. I mean, I didn't really... Were you looking forward to it? I mean, I wasn't. I didn't mind it. We didn't really see a lot about it before it started, other than that one wafty one. Wafty one? Yeah, it was like his cape was an odd Oh, yeah, 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 sorry, trailer. I see what you mean. Yeah, a wafty trailer. Yep. And then the other trailer, which made it look a bit like... Man of Steel. Man of Steel. And I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. okay, I don't know about this. Okay. And what were your thoughts on Tyler Hecklin then? Because we've seen him as Superman two or three times now. Yeah, I don't mind him. I do feel sorry for him. Why do you feel sorry for him? I didn't mind him. And I thought it was all right. And then you got, you know, Crisis. Yep. And they had to stand next to Brendan. Routh. Brandon. Brandon. Not Brendan. Brandon. 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 Superman. Yeah. And you think, oh... He's, a, he's like a proper Superman, isn't he? <laughs> what, because it's like little and large? Yeah, because he's like so huge. He's like... He's a very tall man, Brandon Routh. That's Brandon Routh. Brandon, yeah. <laughs> you know, your favourite Superman. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he just... Because he's, he's got, you know... He's got the arms and... And the stature and, and hmm. the film. Yeah. I'm kind of inclined to agree with you. I mean, I hadn't seen too much about it beforehand. I like Tyler... Uh, I wasn't sure whether he'd be able to anchor his own series. I did like his dynamic with uh, Bitsy Tullock's version of Lois Lane, though. Again, I don't really feel like we got to see a huge amount of either of them in um, in Supergirl or in Crisis, but I think it was enough for me to be intrigued as to what they would be able to do. Was there not a lot of stick about him being Superman as well? For, like, really ridiculous reasons. There's a lot of stick about him being Superman in this episode because he has stubble. Yeah, I mean, oh. Very pernickety people about hair. Really? <laughs> uh, I'm sure there was, but then I said this the other day um, in our group WhatsApp with uh, with Tasman, Paul, Luke and the others. Um, when the, the Sasha Kaja news came out and people were kind of slating her for the, for the dark hair and, and yada, yada, yada. I was kind of saying it's funny that it's sort of instantaneous that Warner Brothers gets all this stick now but it's twitter and i mean other social media means but if you think about twitter you just block those people or you mute those people imagine going back to 1988 when michael keaton was announced as batman 
because there were thousands of people who wrote to Warner Brothers to complain about him. So somebody in that post room had to open all those letters saying, we hate Michael Keaton, he's not Batman. This isn't a new phenomenon, it's just that years ago it was physical media that we never saw and now it's public for everyone to read. That's the difference. You never think about the poor intern back in the 80s with a letter opener. Exactly, sitting there in Warner Brothers' office with a letter opener. I don't like Batman. I don't like Batman. Yeah. Anyway, um, that was a strange digression. I liked you did the sound effect though when you did the letter opener. <laughs> Thanks. Um, auditioning for Police Academy. So, what do you think about this episode? Yeah, I, re- I really liked it. Me too. I was Surprisingly, in. It gripped me. Gripped me by the short and curlies and pulled me right into it. I'm going to make a controversial statement. I think Tyler Hecklin is my Superman. I mean, he's a good man, Superman. Oh, well, hang on a minute. Yeah, I mean, sorry. Christopher Reeve is amazing. I'm not, uh, let's not. You can't beat Christopher Reeve. But I think Tyler Hecklin is more my Superman than Henry Cavill. Um, I mean... I was always for a Brandon. Yes. I don't mind Henry. I don't, oh, don't get me wrong. Henry is, the Man of Steel portrayal of Superman, as much as it might not be what a lot of people think of as comic book Superman, I credit as being my way into finding a way to like Superman in his truest form, because I've always struggled with Superman. And I didn't after Cavill. You hated Superman, didn't you? I know. I See? had a Superman hoodie. Maybe throw it away. But it's at the same time, I don't really understand why I don't get on with Superman. Because when I was little, I enjoyed the Reeve films and I loved Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman, which I now have to physically and mentally separate the that Trump. Superman from some sort of Trumpist idiot. But that aside, I enjoyed those. But then. The older I got, the more I struggled with Superman because I, I don't. I guess it's the same with Wonder Woman. Only I enjoyed Linda Carter's show when I was little. I'm not as big a fan of somebody who is just, just has powers. At least with someone like Spider Man, if you want to hop over to Marvel, there's an origin story about how he gets them from being bitten by the spider. And I, I guess you got the '90s cartoon, which I was the right age for. But most of the superheroes that I enjoyed were people like Daredevil and Batman because they were. A little bit edgier and a bit darker. And I didn't really like the lighter stuff so much. But then Man of Steel came along and I'm like, ooh, I can kind of get Superman in that respect. And it made me pick up the comics more and now I enjoy all versions of Superman. It's a very good save at the end there. <laughs> Thanks. I love him, really. Well, no, I do now. I, I, you're right, I didn't. But I do. I have grown to enjoy the character much more. I mean, I, I mean, I grew up on Lois and Clark, not Christopher Reeve. I was far too young. Obviously, I wasn't around when he was Superman. Yeah, right. Um, but I did watch the films when I was younger. Hmm. And Lois and Clark. Yes. And I suppose Henry Cavill's Superman wasn't really reminiscent of those Supermen. Yeah. Getting the, the plural in there. And so this Tyler's Superman is more like the Supermen of the past. Yeah. And it is a much softer truer essence of Clark Kent 
But then do you not think that this series is more about the Clark Kent than the Superman? From the pilot, I would say yes. The Superman stuff is really well done. And I like the fact that they've taken his costume and updated it a bit because this feels like a better costume. If you now look back at his costume from his first appearance, it feels like a, okay, we're going to have Superman for an episode. Let's just bash something together. And now we've got a, this man is Superman kind of costume. But you're right. I think this series is probably going to be more about... I mean, it is called Superman and Lois, but yeah. It feels like there's going to be a very strong sense of Clark Kent and Clark Kent as a father and Clark Kent as a husband. Even just as, you know, him struggling as a father. You think mm. you don't see Superman struggle because he's No, Superman. you don't. And I really appreciate that angle to the show. And I think it's brilliant that it's called Superman and Lois because I feel like in this episode there are two very different storylines for both of them so you know you've got superman and lois <laughs> the villain that i don't want to spoil the reveal of which happens at the end of this pilot and then for her they very clearly set up a story between lois and morgan edge but there will be a convergence because the underlines of the story have already started to weave together have they they have pray tell well, with the farm and everything that's gone on the small fell, and what's drawn them back there, and her dad, and all that other stuff. Did you just slip into a Jamie Dornan accent <laughs> for a second there? Her dad. Right, so, Sorry. this is a CW show. Is it? It is. Your question of is it is, is very relevant. This is standing alongside the Batwomans, the Flashes, the Supergirls, the Legends of Tomorrow. How do you feel it stands up against those? Uh, head and shoulders above them. I'm prefacing it by saying I enjoy Batwoman, I love Legends of Tomorrow, and I thoroughly enjoy Supergirl and Flash. But this is leagues ahead. Well, I Justice think... leagues ahead. Oh, <laughs> God. I think they've learned a lot from Stargirl. Stargirl was like the transition. So you make really, a very good point. You've got Dark and Gritty on HBO Max and DC Universe. Mm. We're then slowly transitioning with a bit of Stargirl, who's a bit of both. She's like, I'm not quite ready to leave DC Universe, but I'm, I want to come and play in CW. Mm. And then you've got Hecklin, who's like, you know what? I'm just going to stay in the CW, but I'm going to take the best bits from all of you. The visual effects, just jumping slightly to the sort of the technical parts of the show, uh, definitely feel well beyond what we've seen in the Arrowverse and feel more like what we saw in Stargirl. I mean, if you do, you've just got to think of that click and drag moment from Supergirl. <laughs> oh, don't bring that up. I mean, I'm flying. Click and drag. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're polar opposites, aren't they? This this show feels hugely cinematic and, it, and it's even global in some respects. Obviously, there are some scenes that are shot in space. Not shot in space. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's no that's one a hell of a budget <laughs> yeah that's a hell of a budget isn't it there are some scenes that are, are you know him in space and then when he comes back down to earth you see him he does end up in another continent at some point very very briefly mm. and they have said that this show will be global in some sense that he you know he doesn't just look after people in america so i do think there's a scale and scope to it that some of the other shows are missing but like you just said about learning from Stargirl, I think this is this isn't just a why haven't we done this before? This is a okay, we've learned what we can do well 
and we learned what we haven't done so well. Let's let's focus on the good bits. I'm nodding. <laughs> You're doing your podcast nod. Mm. I should put like a sound effect. There's my neck cricking. <laughs> what do you think about this Lois Lane? She's very Lois Laney. She is, but the added bonus of her being very maternal. I think she plays a maternal Lois very well. And I really appreciated how she was quite an emotional... She was kind of an emotional centre for the show as a whole, but an emotional anchor to the the Kent family. I mean, I love the scene where um, they've had a family gathering at the Kent farm and the uh, General Lane appears and tries to take Clark away off on a mission. Um, It's interesting. It has done a CW thing of lots more people know that Clark is Superman. Uh, Well, not lots more, but certainly General Lane, which was not one that you would generically have as as knowing the, the secret identity. But he tries to take him away and Lois is like, no, you need to be with the boys. Because they've the, you so you've had the scene where the, the two Kent boys have been um, hit by falling rubble in the barn. There's an attack on a nuclear base going on, and she's kind of stepping in and saying, "No, you need to be with the family," and you know, kind of saying to her dad, "You need to you need to go. He needs to be Clark right now, not Superman." And I, I, I appreciate the emotionality that brings to the show. Is that a word? I don't think so, but I'm I'm making it emotional complexity. Hmm. Emotional rudder. Rudder? Well, she's steering the episode, isn't she? I suppose she does in many ways, yeah. Towing the line. Do you know what I mean, though? I think so. She's a key figure within the episode that pulls it together, gives it that family feel. Yes. And she's, you know, she's standing up because she's Lois Lane. How do you feel about that in this interpretation of Superman? I don't know. I mean, I like it. Is that what you're after? I mean, I'm not going to come up with some weird words like emotionality or I don't know complexitivity or something <laughs> I'm just trying to drag out some some you know some deeper thoughts from you on your responses to watching it I enjoyed watching it I was sitting there I thought I like this I'm gonna come back okay and what was it that made you want to come back the emotionality and the complexitivity of the characters <laughs> <laughs> there were some very nice characterizations and yeah what do you think about the Kent twins? Um, I'm, they're a bit sort of moody teeny. Uh, Which like is the target demographic of the CW. Yeah. So, I like that they're sort of complete polar opposites of each other. I did call it at the beginning which one was going to have powers. But then I think that'll probably change. I, So I've been trying to think about this one a little bit. I liked that it wasn't obvious, but I felt the fact that it wasn't obvious was obvious does that yeah. make sense yeah. like i watched the episode from the first time i watched the episode i thought well we're all going to think it's this person and then i guarantee you it's going to end up being this person because they're not the obvious choice and then that's what happened but i wonder if they will end up in a position where both of them have powers well if you remember at the start when they were kids the the jock one did throw that ball and it nearly took out the tree didn't it so yes so they must have them eventually, I mean. Maybe they'll have half his powers each. Or one can fly and one can laser beam. Yeah. And both have a bit of strength or something. Hmm, interesting. But what we really need is Bruce Wayne to come along with his son 
and then we have like a weird we have like a super sons live action going on so super sons is something that i was i've been wondering about whether that's something that we will see at some point in this show so what they're there's they're jonathan and jordan aren't they so that we haven't got a sort of john in the respect that we've seen him in the comic books and we don't have a well, you wouldn't have a Connor because he's a clone, isn't he? Uh, that could be interesting. Imagine bringing in a Connor as well. Well, we've got a Connor, haven't we? True. He, we have got a multiverse Connor. Are, there's Titans and... The different universe. Earth. Oh, yeah, different Earth. 17? I want to say Earth 17. I thought they were Earth 9. Mm, oh, maybe they were Earth 9. Was that a joke that we thought that it was awesome because they were Earth 9 and Jim and Rob get the Titans? Yeah. Yeah, that is... Yeah, they're Earth 9, aren't they? Lucky buggers. I yeah I'm with you I felt like they were a necessary plot point because this is the CW I do think the CW is trying to transition a little bit from being purely aimed at sort of the 18 to 34s and represent a little bit more of a an older market much like myself turning 36 this year I am above the age bracket for a CW DC show you have to start watching them can't listen to Radio 1 can't watch CW you're getting old awful I quite like listening to Radio 2. <laughs> um, but in the context of Superman, I was worried that the family drama would be way too soapy, which I think is probably one of my issues with The Flash, which I do enjoy, but the kind of, okay, Barry's in love with Iris, Iris is in love with Barry, but he's with Patty and she's with Roger. Eddie. Couldn't think of his name. Um, actually, I know it wasn't at the same time, but you get what I mean. They're not together. They're with other people. Then they're together and then they're married, but then they're falling out. And then they're together and they're happy again and then they're split because she's in a mirror universe and he doesn't realize and when she comes back she'll all be angry because she didn't she knew that he didn't realize that it wasn't her yada 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 and i think that or maybe it, sorry a better um, example is probably felicity and oliver i think that level of drama is too soapy in a comic book show i mean i've just i've glazed over listening to you talk about it exactly i just can't bear it but get where i'm going superman and lois did it well yeah it wasn't soapy no it wasn't slippery <laughs> no it wasn't at all there were no suds even the we're going to go to a teen party and going to have a drink and then there's going to be a fight because someone kissed the wrong person wasn't i didn't feel like i was being dragged through really really thick soapy drama which i i, I cannot applaud enough coming from the team that brought us olicity Olicity. Is that yeah. what they were called? That's the ship name, Olicity. Oh. What ship? Oh, we've had this conversation. Oh, shipping. Yes. I mean, people, I see, I'm not, I can't keep up with the kids. I'm too Like old. Spike and Buffy, Spuffy. Spuffy. I know. God. It's like <laughs> for a pet. I don't know what Clark and Lois would be. Clois. Clois. I don't know what Barry and Iris would be. Byris. Lork. <laughs> Lork. I quite like that. Lork. Uh, anyway. Yeah. I Judging by the trailers for... Uh, so at the end of this episode, there was a behind-the-scenes special. And at the end of that, they showed an extended trailer for the rest of season one of the next few episodes. Uh, rather than just to here's what's coming up next week. And it looks like, A, the quality is going to stay as is. But also, B, it's not going to become too soapy either, I think. Crossing my fingers for the third time this podcast. I mean, I'm all for it. I like the shorter episode run. I think it's much better. It fits with my concentration levels. 
and it gives them a bit more budget. So keep going. Mm, yeah. Uh, last couple of points then before we wrap it up. You mentioned uh, that one of the trailers, not the floaty one. Wafty. Is wafty, wafty. Not the wafty one. Uh, looked very much like Man of Steel. Did you feel like the episode ended up feeling like it was trying to be a bit Man of Steel-esque? I know. I think it opened a little bit Man of Steely. Just because of the colouring and the waft. Oh, we didn't. We haven't talked about the opening yet. Sorry, finish point. The capes and the fortress of loneliness. And mm-hmm. Solitude. Yeah, that's what I said. And all that stuff. But then it finished a bit more hearty and family orientated and yeah i felt like it struck quite a good midpoint between the two i um i really appreciated the coloring it didn't feel quite as severe as man of steel i feel like man of steel can look quite washed out at times when you look back at it i think people look quite pale and washed out and this this didn't quite have that i don't know how he feels (laughs) maybe they were just aiming to look scottish uh, but at the same time, I didn't feel like it was overly colourful either. I felt like it was a perfect midpoint between the two. Uh, but you mentioned the opening. You actually, uh, you text me to say that you'd watched the first few minutes before I got home from work that day, um, when I'd watched the whole episode on the train on the way to work. Um, what did you think of that opening montage? It, we know what the CW shows are like for having that, my name is Barry Allen. And oh, I, I can't bear that. Either. Yeah. So every bloody week. I mean, instead of that, we had this sort of five minutes of this is my life story. What did you think of it? I thought it was a good way to catch everybody up without having to go back to the whole origin because we've mm. been there, we've done yeah. that. We know, we know. And they hit on one key, very awesome moment. Oh, the very... The, they the recreated the cover of Action Comics number one with the green yeah. car and they put him in the classic Fleischer-esque suit. That was, a, that was a loud gasp for me. Uh, like, <gasps> I thought it was very cool. I loved it. It's very quick, though. It was like sort of a blink and miss it moment. Yeah, but I, when you watch it back, the positivity of his uh, version of Superman in that scene is just outstanding. When Because uh, it's obviously supposed to be, you know, first appearance. It's one of the first times people have seen Superman. And uh, he gives the kid his hat back. And yes. the kid's like, great costume. And he's like, oh, yeah, my mum made it for me. But he says it in such a like childish, enthusiastic way that I was just like, yes, he's like, he's excited to be Superman. And I thought that reflected both probably Hecklin being in the role of Superman, but also Superman himself, which I just, I loved. I agree. <laughs> I'm nodding again. Um, okay. So yes, I am yeah, I'm with you. I felt like it did aim to be a bit man of steelish and it found a really nice unique place towards the end. And I really appreciate the aspect ratio as well. You probably didn't even notice the aspect ratio, but I appreciated it. I mean I'm not really even sure what you're talking about now. It's not full screen, it's got little bars at the top and bottom. Or widescreen. Yes. But it's not fully widescreen, it's not chunky bars, it's like a it's midway between the two. Similar to Batwoman. Oh okay. I don't know why I really appreciate a um non generic aspect ratio. Like four, three, or whatever it is. Or... No, that's old school TV when it's square. Okay. Well done. I live in nine or whatever it is. 16, eight, 16, nine, mm-hmm. sorry, is a cinema. Standard widescreen. Oh, see, you just, you're just shouting the odds now. <laughs> okay, so uh, if a alien from another planet, not Krypton, came up to you and said, Ooh, um, I just saw a poster for Superman and Lois. Tell me. What do you say? I'd be like, um, please don't anally probe me. <laughs> well, I didn't want to say that. As a, that's probably a bit too on the nose, but you've gone there now. But yes, that was probably one of the first things I would think. Like, back away. Okay. Alien. Uh, an outer space alien. Yes. Yeah, no. Oh, no. 
What if that's some like weird intergalactic coronavirus? I just want you to to explain to a stranger what Superman and Lois is and whether it's worth watching. Oh well, it's about it's about Superman and Lois, really. I mean, you have to be living on the rock if you've never heard of Superman and Lois. It's a retake and a modernization of a classic tale of two lovers who are caught trying to support their young family in a new area with crazy massenhaps that are happening all around them. Massenhaps? Massenhaps. What's a yeah. massenhap? Well, it's this craziness, isn't it? Okay. And are you recommending it? Yes. Are you recommending it slightly, mostly, or highly? Highly. Very good. Highly plus one. Do you see that? We dragged it out of you. We got an emotional reaction. We understand why you enjoyed it. And you've managed to give it a great score. No, we don't score things, though. Well, you've just said you highly recommend it. I recommend it, yeah. Very good. I would also highly recommend it. I think it was uh, bloody brilliant. It was uh, it was quite shocking. And I was really pleased to see that um, both Tasman and Luke, who were quite unsure about it, really, really enjoyed it. Because I think they were both worried that it wasn't going to live up to their their favourite character. And it's always nice when you see someone who's a little bit unsure about something who is that much of a fan of a character uh, really buy into it. That will be me in cinemas in 2022 with Robert Pattinson as Batman. Imagine if they did a Batman TV series. I wish they'd do a Batman TV series. I don't know if it would work. I know. It's interesting how we haven't really had Batman outside of a cartoon since Adam West's Batman. Yeah. Apart from five seconds in Birds of Prey. Well, I didn't count though, did it? No. Nobody saw that, so. I did. Yeah, but nobody else. <laughs> You're right. It's, yeah. Maybe we should have a what if episode of this podcast where we talk about what our dream superhero TV show would be. We could so, get people at home involved. Something really random. Hmm. Anyway. King. <laughs> you can catch new episodes of Superman and Lois on The CW in North America on Tuesday nights. You can then stream the episode the following day on The CW app. We don't yet know when it's going to come to the UK, but please be rest assured that as soon as we know when and where you'll be able to watch it, we absolutely will let you know. So with what little time we have left, we uh, just need to pat ourselves on the back for creating 50 episodes of this podcast. Thank those of you who have tuned in every week or every fortnight-ish to our rantings. A big special hello, as always, to our Patreon clear one day i will get around to publicizing the fact that there is a patron uh so that we might gain a second i quite like it just being clear it's very special makes her feel special yeah she deserves it and uh just to let you know that we have a uh geico 50th competition so if you would i'll make a cake with teeth on it (laughs) um context well just because it's a celebration isn't it a celebration cake why would you use teeth well i mean there will be real teeth that'd be weird but why would you make it look like teeth well because you seem to like a celebration cake with bits that look like teeth on them well okay if anybody wants to understand the full context behind that you'll have to go and find an episode where we talk about batman 1989 or ask claire um anyway as i was going to say to celebrate our 50th episode of the get your comic Con podcast we are giving away a uh new marvel blacklight funko pop of captain america if you would like to get your hands on this sought-after item, who looks rather spectacular when you put him under a, uh, a UV light, I have to add, then all you need to do is make sure that you are following us on Twitter, at GetYourComicCon, and retweet the competition tweet, which is underneath the announcement for this podcast, using the hashtag Geico50. 
Competition will be open for two weeks, which will take us up to... Is it sad that I have to look at calendar? Will take us to the 16th of March, and winners will be announced with our next podcast. Best of luck to everyone on winning that wonderful prize. I'm quite jealous. I'd like one for myself. May the odds be ever in your favour. Absolutely. So before I sign off, uh, two weeks from now, believe it or not, we will be discussing Zack Snyder's Justice League. It releases two weeks from now, which works perfectly with our schedule. So we, our next episode, be it on the 18th of March or slightly after, depending on when we see the film, will be a discussion on Zack Snyder's Justice League. That just leaves me to say that if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on social media at Get Your Comic On on Twitter and Instagram. If you would like to find me, my uh, handle is at Neil Vag and Martin is at Boy Wonder nineteen eighty nine on Twitter and on Instagram. I think it's just Boy Wonder eighty nine. Yes, it is because I looked you up as Boy Wonder nineteen eighty nine on Instagram and got someone else. Yeah, I wasn't. I don't think it was me. No, definitely not you. So until next time, stay safe, stay well, look after each other, enjoy Superman and Lois if you can get your hands on watching it, and if you haven't seen the Mortal Kombat trailer, go check it out. Bye! Bye.